Hi, I'm Patrick Palm, CEO and founder of Favro, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to these interviews is that Favro clients are some of the most innovative and agile businesses out there. And it's used for collaborative planning by marketing teams, by product teams, HR, management teams. And what this means is that we get to know some truly inspiring people. So what we do in this podcast is that I invite them here for conversation about something where they are true leaders. So we can all learn from it. Let's go. So we are live uh, with, with Adrian at uh, Vault for the Learning from uh, Leaders uh, podcast. Super happy to have you here. You are in uh, Finland right now, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, cool. And I'm Swedish, but I, I'm in uh, Lithuania right now. Why don't we like just jump straight into it? What's your story leading up to being head of IT at Vault? Obviously being a very exciting company, very fast growing but I guess it wasn't your first job. No, absolutely not. I think it's quite of an interesting story, especially because I am originally from Switzerland, started there as a software developer. My background is even in software development and then came to Finland and basically just needed a job in Finland, leading me to working for one of the big consulting companies back in Finland when I came here. And at that point, I realized, hey, to make actually a difference in technology it's very hard to do that different, to make that difference when you're a consultant, especially in like more traditional companies like financial companies. You have to go inside that company to make the difference. And that then led me to Nordea, where I was leading the digital workplace team. Inside Nordea made the cloud transaction for, regarding the digital workplace, basically Office 365 in the Nordea case. And then it brought me to the demand to, to see what's next in IT. And basically that's when Volt discovered me and I discovered Volt and I figured out that in Volt there is this unique opportunity of building the IT of the future. I mean, Volt is a very young company, super rapidly growing, or people may call it in a hyper growth phase, which means we, we see growth rates of three to 5% per week. And that in combination with no on-premise infrastructure, no servers on-premise, only cloud, was just a unique opportunity to build the IT of the future. And that brought me to Vault. I think that's a great segue to my next question, because you know I know about your background at, at Nordea before, and I think we're all a little bit prejudiced about the banks and IT, right? Probably a very interesting challenge to handle IT at the big bank, but I would dare to argue that it's probably quite different from where you're now. And if you would kind of break down the main differences being in your role in a company like Vault, which is cloud native, compared to being at an enterprise that have quite a lot of legacy systems, what does it really mean for the role of IT? I think the main difference is that you don't have to plan to be backward compatible. If you take financial companies, not only in Nordea, but they have a lot of systems which have been established over a long time. Those systems are there for a very good reason. Normally, it's too costly to just get away from those systems. Hence, that you need to be somehow compatible. You have to integrate those systems into your future landscape. In addition, you have a lot of external influences, like financial companies have a lot of systemic relevance or, or at least relevance. We, we see it currently with the political situation that they may have to apply sanctions very fast. Therefore, they're much heavier regulated and have to introduce controls all over the place very, very rapidly, where a company like Volt may not be under that heavy regulations. 
and therefore has a bit more flexibility and can elaborate and test and then roll new technology much faster. That means in a company like Volt, it's more exploring and then going from that exploration phase to make it in a professional operation. And in a bank, you normally take things which is already known on the market and you just like integrate it into the legacy technology. That, that means I see Volt and my work here is more like front running technology where in, in traditional companies, you may actually use the existing stack of technology efficiently. Would you say with that in mind that it can, at a company like Vault, be that IT can have a more strategic role? That you can kind of, let's say, lead with IT versus taking what you were just saying about how you need to constantly think about regulations and legacy stacks that you have, that you know, maybe you would feel like you're always a little bit in defensive mode, so to say, versus... I always find it interesting when is IT strategic and when is it not? So would you say that this means that IT can be a bit more strategic in a cloud native company like this? Tricky question because I, in general, I think IT is a support function in, in all kinds of companies. I mean, normally IT is not the business if you're not Apple or Microsoft or Google, but it's also an enabler for a lot of things. In the modern world, I mean, now with the COVID situation and so on, IT was a big enabler to allow people work from anywhere. It's a necessity to have IT, to have it efficiently. If that's a strategic role, I see IT always as a tax because you need IT to basically keep your things operational. But is it really your company strategy? I don't think so. It's really interesting that you say that because over all the years, both with this company you know, and previous companies I've run, I would say that you're one of the most modern thinkers in terms of you know, heads of IT I, you know, I met. Just have a slight insight into how you operate. You're very progressive. I mean, I think in a lot of organizations, you know, the line managers, they feel like IT is more of stopping blocks and impediment for them to do what they want to do versus I think in your case, you've been very successful with really making it rather an impediment remover. But it's interesting that you put it in those words, because if we think about analysts like, for example, Gartner, very often audience are IT professionals. They very often like to try to promote more strategic dimension of IT. With that in mind, then you mentioned kind of working from anywhere. I'm guessing that in your situation, you do have people working from a lot of geographies and many time zones and office or not offices. Is that a correct description of your organization today? Absolutely. I mean, we have people working from 23 countries and all the cities where we are operating in. Already by our business, we have people working from anywhere and we have to secure as an IT, basically, we have to enable those people to work from anywhere to onboard them rapidly and then also to be capable of doing that in a reliable and secure manner. That was really one of the initial challenges I had starting in my current job, which I may even have underestimated. How do you actually globally onboard people, like providing them equipment in a secure way without having people on site? And that has to happen rapidly. I mean, we have moments when we had to onboard people in one or two days and we had to figure out how we deliver securely equipment to those employees. If we continue a little bit on that topic. So if you have um, an organization which is working from anywhere, well, first, I have to ask you something else. Was this a trend that happened for you already before COVID and COVID maybe just accelerated it? Or was COVID kind of like a big game changer for you when you had to adapt to this change? I think as such, was basically not really 
making that much of a difference regarding this uh, being able to already before people to work from anywhere. It has also to do that if we think about traditional companies, they always consider their office network as a secure zone and this kind of setups that we're involved. We basically, we never even had the term of an office network. It's just availability of the internet connection for employees where security of that network is not that relevant because if people work with their laptops then remotely or from wherever, we have still to secure those devices. We never had that mindset of, of like being bound to locations. I guess then that you were pretty good at this already before COVID, but for the ones listening now, COVID was probably an accelerator or even a disruptive event. How would you characterize the difference between a a working from anywhere organization and let's say a little bit more traditional organization? If you would really kind of try to do a clear description of what is like the role of IT in the kind of working from anywhere organization compared to more traditional one? (laughs) I think the role of IT is at the end everywhere we're the same, but IT may kind of perceive itself a bit different in those kind of organizations. Nevertheless, based on COVID, all the ITs have changed until now to basically support that work from anywhere. It's more a benefit, or let's say it this way, if you want to have an organization that is fit for the future, if you enable working from anywhere, you're simply more flexible. You you get access to a global talent pool where your competitors who work in one location are very limited to the talents in one specific location. And that means I see it as a big enabler for the growth of our business, for the growth of our company, having the working from anywhere enabled. If you're speaking with colleagues at other companies, what's your feel around what you're doing quite a bit different? This might actually be a blind spot for you because you take it for granted since you're already doing it well and you've done it for a while. If we're going to be honest here, I think a lot of IT organizations and a lot of heads of IT would like to be in the place where you are. And for them, it's a catch up. It's a race towards that. I can also say just from my my limited first-time experience interacting with your organization that, that you are doing things a little bit different, way more modern than many other organizations. I'm going to stick to the role of IT because it's also like a relationship, right? It's like, what's your relationship between you and teams? One of the things different between us and many traditional companies, we normally go for the future. We set the future as the default, and then we figure out how we integrate like things into it. Very simple example we have in Bolt was when we introduced Chrome OS, basically super simple devices to manage, super simple for IT. And the way how we did it is instead of doing this classical traditional projects, just like planning everything for a long time and then at some time maybe rolled out, we figured out where can we start in the organization. We started, we tested it, we tested it with new joiners and then we realized, okay, that works. And we made it the default for all new joiners for a specific job role and in the organization and then started to just let it grow from there. By having the new joiners, there was a very small hurdle to get them on board. And on the same time, we could then spread the message through the organization that this change is happening. And having it then as default suddenly allowed us to overcome some issues we had with with traditional devices in the organization. We try always to understand what is the future. And the future is, is not that difficult. There are the big IT companies like Microsoft, Google, Apple. They tell us what the future is. 
We cannot change how the devices look like, uh, how the operating systems are. We can maybe influence them a little bit, but they give us the roadmap. And watching them carefully, seeing where they are heading, allows us to then make the right decision for IT without even thinking too much about strategy, because it's just watching what those companies do and very well understanding what are their incentives. Like Microsoft has business to business, Google has advertisement, and Apple is selling emotions. That's super important to know what they want to do and what they are going for. Many would argue that uh, we've been going from a situation where office is the central hub where work is done. We are now working from anywhere organizations in a place where the main hub where work is being done is online. And when we actually meet each other, that's for the other things. That's like for building relationships, some of the social parts of work. But it's actually the, almost like the secondary workplace, so to say. You know, online is like the primary workplace now. Firstly, would you agree with that statement? And secondly, how does that change how to work with IT? Does it simply mean that you would invest more money into hardware and software? Or what other kind of implications do you see from that? The first part of it, I personally, I love to go to the office when I have no meetings in the, or very limited meetings in the calendars. We have this no meeting Wednesdays. And that's normally when I go to the office because then you actually have time to talk to people, to get like this floor talks, to just get a little bit the pulse of what's going on in the company and interact with you human beings, human beings in the real and not just in our online meeting. Then the work, as you mentioned, the work gets mainly done somewhere online. And from an IT perspective, it basically means that the IT equipment has to work, has to be reliable. And then it obviously it has to be secure, but it needs also to be available fast, especially when you onboard new people. And context may become more and more relevant. That means people are still used to work from laptops, traditional companies, where in modern companies, people are working much more from phones, from all kinds of devices. And I think what we were going to see next is that basically information systems will deliver the information based on context. You may not going to need the same granularity on a document when you're outside, like walking or, or doing something or in a, in a subway or in a plane. Uh, then when you are in the office reading, that's maybe the next big thing we were going to see that context uh, where people are, what they do will be taken into account when information is presented to them. And I think, again, IT is just the enabler of this, basically, making sure that the context is available to those applications who can then create the value for the individual out of it. What you said there in the beginning, I might quote you on that. You said, I go to the office the days when I don't have meetings in my calendar. That's awesome. You basically summarized the whole benefits of working from anywhere, but still kind of having an office. You summarized that in one statement. We might actually make that our, the favorite tagline. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say that, let's say, buying behaviors have changed? If we go back far in time, a lot of IT was purchased in a, very, in a central way, and there was the big implementation projects typically acquired as well from a the vendor or from a consultant. And I guess that works quite different now, right? How would you say that the whole purchasing and implementation behavior, so to say, have changed when you have a the kind of role of IT as you have been describing so far? First of all, what we do is, as we want to enable our business to explore, to elaborate, to innovate with things, and um, we normally give them quite a lot of room in utilizing new tools and testing new tools. And we do it in a way that we basically do the mandatory like legal checks that basically we can rather rapidly verify that the minimal legal requirements are fulfilled. Then we start utilizing, exploring with those tools. And at some point in time, normally what's going to happen, we see that this may going to be valuable uh, for the whole company. And that's then the moment when it has to be professionalized. 
the role of IT is basically just to enable that exploration to make sure that, that it can be rapidly done and then supporting those business units if they have discovered something which is great for the company, supporting them to then productize it inside the company, making its operation professional or potentially also replace it with our own tooling. For example, in Vault, we have a lot of our own tooling where we simply don't rely on third parties and we just build it ourselves. And it's, it's normally it starts with some uh, good ideas which are developed in small tools which are very targeted for the use case that helps to actually understand to create a business understanding what is needed how those processes should work how things should interact together and then normally that doesn't change that rapidly anymore and at that moment it can be productized can be brought into a product or we can then just scale the product in use to the whole company it's fair to say that you're kind of having a bit of let's say a walled garden where because obviously today you know you need to look after things like you know gdpr you know with the kind of a working from anywhere environment uh, the way you described it before security is quite an important question so there's a couple of those kind of checks that you need to do but once that is okay you basically allow the teams quite a bit of autonomy is that a correct understanding that's correct yes okay teams has a lot of autonomy to basically explore test things figure out if it works and then at a certain stage we bring it into the normal product tool chain do you see yourself having kind of a role in also spreading best practices? Because when you have teams that are autonomous on the level uh, that, that's been described, I guess sometimes you will have teams discovering some really things that just work really well for you. It can be both tools, but also basically ways of working. And what's the role for you to make sure that that is being well basically spread uh, so that more teams can, can benefit from that? I think the role we see us a little bit there is to empower teams to basically do it the way how, how we intended things to do. We try to empower them and then learn from the teams if they figure out how we can do things even better, basically take that and then bring it into the empowerment of the next teams. And by that, it's basically a continuous uh, journey of, of empowering, learning from the teams and empowering them again. Do you have like internal, I don't know what to call that, but uh, like internal conferences where people are going to be like, you know, hey, we discovered this thing, you know, this is what we're doing. Because I heard about some other companies, they have uh, like company events and it's like demo day, you know, and, uh, hey, you know, we developed this little thing that made our life easier or hey, you know, we bought this tool or hey, we discovered that this way of doing, let's say, can be, you know, from very soft to very hard, you know. I think that depends really on the team that maybe even a bit outside the, the IT scope, but, but obviously some of the engineering teams have all kinds of, of ceremonies and celebrations and demo events where new things and tools and ways of working are shared, uh, where people are invited also from outside the company. There is a mass of things going on around basically sharing uh, that now, how yes. I have a final question. I find that in organizations that strive for being quite flat and having enlightened leaders and just generally being very modern, let's say from a CEO perspective, in those organizations, anything connected to culture tends to be very highly prioritized. Going back to the theme here, the role of IT in kind of a working from anywhere organization, how would you say that you are affecting culture and cultural development? First of all, we are part of the culture. That means basically everyone in the IT is an essential part of the culture. 
it may sound a bit awkward, but if you start as a new employee in a company, IT is one of the units you see very early in that stage. They hand over uh, equipment to you. They hand over the phone and basically you get your user accounts and so on. And that's why we actually spend quite a lot of time with the different teams, communication teams and the people team to make sure that we have a very, very smooth onboarding journey. That's again super important. IT was the enabler of the onboarding journey, but we as IT, we are maybe not that great in communicating. That means we are not owning the journey. We are basically, we enabled it. We then reached out to the people, to the comms team, and we let them drive the cultural part of the onboarding journey. And for the employee, then it just comes as one flow. He basically gets at the right point in time the questionnaire where he can reply what equipment he wants. Then he gets the information like in one package, what he needs at the first day where he can pick up his IT equipment, but also other stuff which is not IT related. It's basically just one onboarding package covering everything. And that gives them the employee then this warm welcoming into the organization, which goes along with our culture and, and enables him basically from the first day to get the understanding that what might be a bit a different company than some other companies. Thank you so much, Adrian. This has been a good uh, talk. I find it's interesting that you are such a humble person. You're quite a star within the IT leadership communities. I would say that sometimes when you talk to people that are in the, say, some other communities and they are a star, they will be um, less on the humble side. And I think maybe that speaks to your culture. It's very much like a we at Vault rather than, than like I. I think you're probably a very good ambassador for that culture yourself. Thank you so much for this. I hope to see you soon. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I certainly did. If you want to elevate yourself as a modern leader and help your teams become even more successful, then check out Favor Academy at favro.com. They will find podcasts, webinars, articles, all free or charge. Check it out.